0: Welcome to the Gamer's Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host Jocelyn and joining me as always is my co-host Ryan. Hello Ryan.
1: Hello Jocelyn. How's it going?
0: All right. My brain's a little bit out of it today though. I'm surprised that I didn't say Ryan says hi, which is in brackets in our show notes.
1: It's been in brackets for eight years and I don't think you've ever said it. So,
0: (laughs) but today would be that day. Oh man. (laughs) But uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about games. I'm excited to... Well, I think we're both kind of excited for, for Mario. Because the last time Mario Maker came out, mm-hmm. I didn't play it. But you played it and loved it. And I really liked watching all like the level design videos and stuff. But I never actually played it. And now we have Mario Maker 2, which is coming out tomorrow. And people who have played it... All of the hype seems to be uh, very positive around this game.
1: I... It's funny. So we were talking about it pre-show in that. Uh, so Nintendo has Nintendo games don't go on sale, right? N- right. Very rarely, and they have this deal for if you have Nintendo Online, you can get these vouchers for basically. I think it's they advertise it as in Canada. It's uh, it's one thirty-two or something. And you know, a game here costs seventy-nine ninety-nine. And I I bought the voucher because I was thinking, okay, I I want to play this one. I want this one digitally. And I, I can't find a better deal. So this is a good price. And I bought it. It was like 150 bucks for the vouchers. And I'm like, oh man, that's so expensive. Right,
0: Because I find that like, for whatever reason, the Nintendo eShop seems to be the only one that actually charges taxes. Mm -hmm. Any other time that I buy on digital platforms, I, maybe I don't notice, but. It seems like I'm always expecting my Nintendo games to be one price, and all of a sudden it's like twenty dollars more because of all the the taxes that get added on. And I never seem to have that kind of sticker shock on any other digital platform.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think Sony may charge taxes or didn't charge taxes at a certain point, but they had to start doing it. I don't know about um, Xbox. I don't really, I haven't bought a game digitally on on an Xbox in a while. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like it's it's the cheapest you're gonna get Mario Maker on yeah. day one and honestly I think it's a perfect digital platform game because then you don't have to like pull the cart out every time and I know some people like to share their games but um sometimes it's it's nice to just not have to worry about carts. But I'm I'm looking forward to it and it means I'll actually have it to play it right away. And I'm and my I might even be able to stay up until midnight when it unloads. I don't know. We'll see. I'm already tired so ryan in four hours probably even more tired
0: you could do it ryan i believe in you
1: (laughs) it's been so long and honestly um i told this story on dungeons and diapers but Caden and i we went into eb games uh last weekend and every time i go into eb games with my kid like they give me free stuff so i'm like all right let's see what we get this time (laughs) and uh the i love
0: that they think that they're giving it to the kid but really they're giving it to you
1: (laughs) i mean like i was pretty honest with the guy like the first time i went in he gave me like a free bait blade and i'm like this is for my kid but i remember these from when i was a kid and i'm pretty stoked that bay blades are still a thing but uh he asked like oh you guys excited for super mario maker 2 and i'm like yes i'm excited (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, so is my son, but you know, I'm I'm just as excited as him. Uh but they gave us this poster and I said to Caden, like, Okay, well I'm at work, it's like this poster with a bunch of stickers and I said, Well I'm at work, Caden, you and Mummy, you can decorate the poster and we will do the we will design a level based on your your design on this poster. So essentially what they did is Ashley and Caden put every sticker they had and put it on the sheet. <laughs> Um, well yeah (laughs) it's still a very sensible level i think it's doable uh it's it's got a lot of stuff in it it might hit the cap i don't know what the cap is it's because there's like a cap for items but Caden and i that's what we're doing tomorrow i took the day off so when abby's napping we're gonna design our first super mario maker 2 level and he's pretty stoked
0: that is so exciting. It's so nice that you can share this stuff with Caden and he's at an age now where he kind of will understand a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I'm excited too, cause you can actually share levels to other people. Right? So I want to play Caden's level.
1: Yeah. So I can share it with you and it's funny cause there's like pipes on, on the world that, that he's like, Ashley's like, oh, well, how do you get into this little crevice? You know, there's no, uh, there's no entrance. And Caden's like, mom, you go through the green tunnel it's and i'm like oh (laughs) that's my boy
0: (laughs) oh that's so cute i love that he knows these
1: things i you know it's funny i think it's based on like us playing that yoshi's crafted world we just finished it uh a couple weeks ago and he loved it. he and abby both loved every second of it because that game is so just it doesn't there's no fluff it's just you play the levels you you are yoshi and that is good and they both really well it's that. so
0: it's so relatable too right because it's all made of like household items so it's mm-hmm. stuff that they know it's not like the whole entire everything is you know different and new so mm-hmm. yeah, and the- i feel like that's the reason why a crafted world is probably a great like entry title for for very young kids because i mean your kids are still super young
1: yeah like caden's three and abigail's two and i can't get abigail to pay attention to anything you know outside of Maybe a couple books and, you know, some Paw Patrol, but like they were, they would watch Yoshi, you know, and they really liked it and they would ask for it. And I think, yeah, if you have, if you have young children and you're looking for a game, like a Nintendo game where, where it might capture their attention and whatnot, I think Yoshi's really good. Like it's got Poochie, it's got like different animals. They're freaking out. I don't know if you remember the level where there's like fish in the background trying to eat you. Yeah. They were not <laughs> fans of that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> They were freaking out and i had to explain to them no no no, he's good he's just he's just uh he's just happy to see us that's all <laughs> i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah totally not trying to eat our faces
1: or anything no, that's, no. that's not
0: happening see, don't worry Kate.
1: he spit us out we taste bad you know we poop eggs out like no one wants to eat that no one wants <laughs> no that, one you know? wants
0: poo eggs <laughs> no
1: of course not oh gross <laughs> yeah
0: so tell me a little bit about what you've been playing this week, because um, you've got Cadence of Hyrule. What what even is this?
1: So this is, so Cadence of Hyrule is an exclusive Nintendo Switch game. And have you ever heard or played Crypt of the Necrodancer?
0: I've heard of it, but I haven't actually played it.
1: Yeah, I I played Crypt of the Necrodancer and I didn't really like it. And I think that makes me uh, a bad person because everyone loves Crypt of the Necrodancer. At least that's what I've heard. And it's like this... Little indie rhythm action game where there's like a uh, a beat meter at the bottom where you're having to, like Guitar Hero, kind of move to the beat. And everything's to the beat, you know, as you're moving and your enemies are moving and you kind of have to like line up your attacks in a way to the beat. And right. Crypt of the Necrodancer, you know, I'm not a big like music... Like I was
0: gonna say, like all of this that you're describing right now for Crypto the Necrodancer mm-hmm. sounds like nothing I would want to ever do.
1: And you know, <laughs> I think it's that's why I kind of bounced off it pretty hard because honestly, I think the music didn't really capture me. Like everyone loves, you know, Danny B, uh, and I and I like his music too, but honestly, I just I don't know, it just didn't click with me. But anyways, they do are doing a they did a spinoff. Of Crypt of the Necrodancer called Cadence of Hyrule, which is essentially a Link to the Past remade as a rhythm adventure action game, and all these remixes of old-school Nintendo Zelda music—it's amazing. And you're kind of basically they've remade a Link a Link to the Past in a Crypt of the Necro Crypt of the Necrodancer style, uh, complete with dungeons and items and secret you know, secret caverns and mini bosses and full-scale bosses. Like, this is Legend of the Zelda like you've never played it before. And uh, I, quite, I quite like it. It was really good. I I did not bounce off of it like I did Crypt of the Necrodancer. I'm actually sticking with it and really enjoying it. Um, it's, been, it's been a good sort of, like, pick up and play, do a couple of, you know, runs and then jump out. It's been really fun.
0: That's really cool. And so does it have the same, like art style as original Link to the Past? Like what it, what does this game actually like look like?
1: Well it looks very similar to a Link to the Past. It's it's like if you took a Link to the Past and like sort of the unique style of Crypto of the Necrodancer and kinda of slammed it together. So yeah, the art style is very much like a link to the past, and that's definitely felt in the influence from the music to the enemies. Like you get those like little um, green and blue night soldiers. You you must remember those from Link to the Past. I mean, those were the iconic enemies in that game, right? Yep. Yeah, so you definitely you definitely feel that, and the music as well is very much Link to the Past. Like that classic overworld, classic dungeon, all that fun stuff and it's just a it's just a weird spin-off twist using the Legend of Zelda feel and it's something I've never really experienced before um and been just having a good a good time with it it's nice and it's nice and small too like it's not a huge game from what I've heard it takes about three to four hours to complete but I think it's more about experiencing the music and sort of the unique gameplay of this game it's not going to be for everyone And if you aren't into the rhythm action, you can actually turn it into a turn-based game instead. It basically removes the beat counter and essentially allows you to move one square at a time. And then everyone's, it's all turn-based. So you move, then the enemies move. And it becomes more of like a tactical checkers game as opposed to just a rhythm game, right? I haven't tried that, but I mean, it's a nice change if you aren't, into sort of playing to the rhythm, and you can still enjoy the music this way without having to, you know, time your movements. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if you were really never into the rhythm, like guitar hero or rock band, like I could see this also kind of not really clicking. And uh, I, I really think that's the main point: is if the music is is clicking, right? So it's not going to be for everyone, but I think as a Zelda fan, it's really nice to experience it. And you can play as Zelda, you can play as Zelda, you can play as Link. You choose right at the beginning, and they both have different powers, so Zelda can use her magic. She can like reflect um, she can protect herself and she can reflect projectiles if timed correctly. I haven't played his Link yet, but I'm imagining he has some sword and he's super He
0: could probably like reflect things with his shield or something or Yes.
1: Yeah, he has a shield, so Uh, yeah it's weird and this is exclusive for the nintendo switch i don't think obviously this won't be launching on any other platforms even though crypt of the necrodancer was on like everything but yeah it's uh it's a lot of fun there's really not a whole like lot to say about it because honestly it's really about the music and Mm. i'm not i'm not about to sing sing the songs. So.
0: <laughs> well, I know that you've you've always really been uh, like into all the soundtracks and the stuff that of the games that we play. So, it doesn't surprise me that you're super into this because the music's so good. So, I, maybe I'll check it out. I don't know. Um, Crypt of the Necrodancer, actually, because right now uh, the Steam Summer Sale is going on, which is what we're going to talk about a little bit later on the show. But um, yeah, the Steam Summer Sale is going on right now. And Crypt of the Necrodancer is like 80% off, I think. Mm-hmm. So if you guys are interested in this like, and you don't have a Nintendo Switch and you just want to see what, I guess, the... Just to say the genre is about (laughs) like, I I guess it it kind of um, falls under uh, rhythm games and strategy.
1: I think this is his own, this is its own genre. Like I've never played any, I mean, the only other game I've played like Cadence of Hyrule is Crypt of the Necrodancer, And yeah, it's same uh, company, right? It's same. Yeah. Same guy made it of uh, Vancouver. So it's a Canadian game, which is really cool. And yeah, it's just, if you're looking to, yeah, if you're looking to experiment with it and see if you like it, I think you can pick it up for dollars. As opposed to Cadence of Hyrule, which is a $30 product on Switch. So it's it's not only uh, a premium, you know, indie game, it's a premium Nintendo Switch indie game. So you are paying a little more for that experience. And I know a lot of people grumble and roll their eyes at that. But like, really, it's the Zelda IP, it's Nintendo Switch, like it's a new indie game, like $30. It's kind of like Blizzard pricing, you know?
0: It's not just a reskin, right? Like no. it's actually like new levels that have been created in the style of Crypt of the Necrodancer, but it's not just a reskin over top of what that game already was.
1: Yeah. I And that's what I thought when I originally saw the trailer. I think they announced it in the spring. I thought uh, if this is just like Zelda DLC add on layer for Crypt of the Necrodancer, I'm not very interested because in the title of the game, it's like Cadence of Hyrule. Necro, you know, Crypt of the Necro Dancer featuring Legend of Zelda. Like it's very much sounds like some sort of like extra skin put onto the game, but really it's its own thing. Um, you explore the overworld, man. If you don't play this game, look up some of the soundtrack for Death Mountain. Very, very good. Like the overworld stuff is very awesome, and it's so it's so iconic to A Link to the Past. But they've put their own spin on it and it's really neat and you like you hear the shopkeepers like singing in the background so that's like your cue they oh there's a shopkeeper somewhere where I can buy some oh, cool, cool items yeah it it's got a lot of flavor to it honestly it's really really neat and, and makes me kind of want to go play Crypt of the NecroDancer and i guess that one was on sale on switch not too recently like for for again dollars so it's not impossible that these things go on sale on Nintendo Switch but i think this one's Certainly worth picking up if you liked, if you loved Crypt of the Necrodancer, This is more of that, but with a Zelda feel, and I think it's worth, it's worth the price of admission if you loved both those things. And do you
0: remember which platform you played Crypt of the Necrodancer on originally? I
1: think PC. So because like, I'm wondering
0: if if that's part of it too, if like it just is a really good Nintendo Switch title mm-hmm. and plays better on like however you play the Switch. The Switch just like. It's so unique because it does have that portability that I feel like the the experiences are just different like mm-hmm. and even as much as like they have motion controls in the in the joy cons and stuff like that like I, I feel like it just allows you to do some different kind of stuff and maybe that maybe this style of rhythm adventure title just works better on a switch.
1: Yeah I'm so I think with the switch you're right I I, I try I've been pl- I've had this one for a couple weeks it actually came out the week of E3 and I was trying to get into the game and I was playing it on you know docked mode on the TV and I would like play for 20 minutes at a time and be like uh you know I'd rather like watch TV or play another video game, check out something on the Xbox. And then today, before we actually started recording, I was, like, exhausted from the day, just running around. You know, like, when you try to take a day off and you fit five days into four days. Yep. (laughs) Basically that. (laughs) And uh, and even to the point where you're contemplating, like, ah, maybe I should go in tomorrow for the morning. I got still stuff I got to do. But I kind of pushed all those thoughts aside, and kids got to bed, and I just sat on the couch in in uh, handheld mode and played the game with with the uh, the Joy-Con D-pad, and just had a great time. I actually played more probably before the show than I had uh, for the you know the entirety of before, and I was just really getting into the the rhythm and the groove of it. The rhythm, the, the rhythm. swing of things. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly, it's just it's one of those weird games that just hooks you, and I think the fact that it's it's like, Maybe this, you have to be in the mood for it, too, right? Probably. Like, I needed to zone out, and I just wanted to, like, jam to some classic Zelda music, right? And it's so good. They do such... If this one doesn't get a soundtrack release, I'll be super bummed. You know, that's <laughs> that's a big, like, thing for indie games, you know, to kind of, like, get their soundtrack out there and, you know, you know, make a little extra revenue off of off of the work they've done. Uh, but I am a little concerned with the fact that this is a Nintendo-involved title, and that they might not be able to put the soundtrack out, but I hope they do cuz I think it's really really good.
0: Well, Nintendo's done soundtracks before, right?
1: They have. And again, like they might take a, you know, a hands-off approach with this one enough where if uh the developer decides to put the soundtrack out, it won't be a big deal, but there's essentially like five versions of the soundtrack because there's there's a type of music for when there's enemies on screen, there's a type of music And this is all the same track, but with a twist. And then there's that same track without enemies. And then there's the track when you pause the game, it kind of converts into like an 8-bit mode. And then there's a version of the track when the shopkeeper's near and he's kind of like humming along to the song. So it's really cool. They do a lot, obviously, with music in this game. Um, And there's different weapons and, you know, uh, iconic items. Like I was unlocking the long shot and the, the bow and arrow um you know the bomb shoes and bob bombs and just uh, like even to the point all the
0: stuff you'd expect out of zelda (laughs) exactly
1: and again i was surprised because i was worried like uh is this just going to be me getting like four different items and that's what i use no you're getting like i got like you know din's fire and the fire rod and some other rod that creates blocks like i don't even remember that from the game but (laughs) it's really good honestly i could talk about it even more but i think like you gotta if you're not if you don't own a switch you should and you like zelda you should still check this one out like go to youtube and listen to some of the music um and i I should try the turn based mode because i think it's tough to recommend to people who aren't into rhythm games but i do hear that the accessibility of the uh of the turn based mode really allows people to get into the game without having Mm. to worry about that so very cool yeah check it out for sure again
0: This is Cadence of Hyrule, and it's available on Nintendo Switch exclusively. And it was how much?
1: It was about 30 bucks. I think it's like 26 Canadian or something. So it was like, yeah, it was like 30.
0: Sweet. Mm hmm um so speaking of the the steam sale another thing that i picked up actually because i thought that i already owned this but apparently i did not so i lucked out and got it on sale on the steam sale for under 10 bucks and uh, i'm finally playing ori in the blind forest and if you guys haven't played this game i really can't recommend it enough and i'm not even all that far like i'm just in my um i guess like there's there's three main kind of like dungeon type uh, map areas that you need to explore as as part of the game, and so I'm I'm just or at least at the, as much of the game as I have currently unlocked, and um, so I'm in I'm I'm working on my in my first region, where you have to like reignite the water spirit or something, and it's so freaking good, man. Like I don't know why it took me so long to get into this game, but like right from the very get-go they just like hit you with this awesome story that's like super beautiful but then all of a sudden super sad and then it starts to get hopeful again and just like the emotions that it evoked out of me in the first like 15 minutes i was like wow this is a super hard-hitting awesome story and oh my god the art Obviously I'd seen like screenshots before and you know videos and trailers and all the rest of it but it really all of that kind of um marketing material we'll call it really doesn't do the game justice. It's so pretty and so smooth. I don't have you ever had a chance to play Ori in the Blind Forest?
1: Yeah, so I I played a bunch of this game when it launched and really really loved it, but for some reason I fell fell off of it and I never went back. And then they released like a definitive edition, which... Yeah,
0: so that's the one that I got. Yeah. was it, the definitive version. Because the original isn't available anymore on Steam.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I think it's the only one you can buy. But uh, yeah. then they re-released it on Xbox. So honestly, when you said, I think we were talking Monday, I asked what you were going to play. And I and I and you had mentioned Ori. And I thought, you know what? This might be the opportunity to kind of boot it back up. So I was playing it on um, my Xbox One X through the Game Pass and yeah that it looks beautiful and funny enough not funny enough but this game originally took years and years to come out it's made by one guy uh i believe that's the case and i think it was like he won funding through some sort of contest with doritos Oh, really? (laughs) I might be confused... Now, as I say... And I was thinking about this as you were telling your story. I might be confusing it with a different game. And I apologize if I'm, like, spreading Dorito hate or something. Um, But I really think this is one of those games that was... It was special because it was made by a very small team, if not one person. I remember that story uh, about this one. And and the fact that... Like, when I was playing it and kind of getting back into it uh, this week while we were prepping for the show, I... I forgot how fluid everything was. Like your movement is just perfect. They that oh they my nailed God. it. It's
0: so so smooth. I couldn't believe it because normally, I mean, I, we've tried a whole bunch of these um, type of games over the the course of Gamers In, and the like indie platformers. Like the ones that that spring to mind right away are uh, Yarn was one of them, and then oh, there was another one that was a little bit more recent. But I can't remember what it was called. But anyways, there have been quite a few. And usually I get through maybe the first one or two levels. And I'm kind of like, eh, it's okay. But, you know, like this thing is a little bit janky. Or this doesn't work how you think you it would work. Or, you know, you have to hit this portion exactly right. And if you don't, like, again, it's it's you're just like an inch away from where you're supposed to be. And you think that maybe you haven't done a puzzle, but really you just have to hit like these movements exactly. And Ori doesn't feel like that to me. Like there's tons and tons of portions of it that are punishing if you miss and you do need exact movements. But with the keyboard and mouse, it felt easier like i feel like easy isn't isn't the right word for it because it's not an easy game Mm -hmm. but it's like it's just smoother so it feels a little bit easier because it's like the character goes where you think that you're telling the character to go is the best way i can describe it
1: yeah no yeah it's it's and it's interesting the way you, you mentioned it's not like an easy game and it's got a bit of a roguelike to it. And I, I, sh- I shouldn't say that because there people will jump down my throat about using the wrong term. But essentially when you die, like you go back to where you last saved. You have yeah, to checkpoint which, it.
0: You have to remember because that's the thing. You, you kind of make your own checkpoints. So you get these like energy balls and then you can just press E at any point in the game and create like a save point. And uh, yeah, so I I kept forgetting to do that, but there aren't any auto-saves. It's all just like when you have the energy, you can make a save point, and, uh, which I, I like because it kind of lets you choose when you're hitting a point in the game that's difficult for you and you want a save point right there, as opposed to some other games where like, if your playstyle doesn't exactly match the developers, then... Things that they think will be difficult might not be difficult for you and vice versa. Things that they think are easy maybe are harder for you. So then you get into this situation where it's like you have a save point and then like a minute later you have a thing that you can't do and you get teleported back to that auto save point again over and over and over. Whereas in Ori, I can say like, OK, I can play that minute of gameplay and then go, oh, this looks like it's going to be hard. I can create my save point right there. And then if I fail, I'm I'm right back there again, like I don't mm. have to replay that minute of gameplay. So it's really, really good from that perspective, where you can kind of identify your own shortcomings as a gamer and say, I know this is going to be difficult for me. So this is where I'm going to place my save point. It's mm. so cool.
1: Yeah, no, it, it's, like, it feels
0: well. like almost like back to old school like games where you could just press pause and save. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, in old school games in the sense that if you don't save it, you're, you're toast. There's no auto-saving yeah. outside of maybe a couple of key transitions. And uh, I should correct myself in that, no, this game was not developed by one person. It was a team, obviously, because it's, it's, it's such a huge, expansive game in terms of art, and Doritos had nothing to do with it. So I don't know where <laughs> I got that from. I don't know where that pep- popped into my head, but... Uh, if anyone knows the Doritos game, I'm thinking about about you. Let me know. I I don't know. Maybe I'm. <laughs> it's been a long week. Anyways, Doritos. Um, but yeah, no. I uh, this game is really cool, and then it also has like a tech tree, which you can kind of put points into three different trees uh, by earning. Sort of, I, I don't know what they call them, but like balls of light, we'll call them. I guess. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's kind of like it's basically like experience. So yeah. it tells you how many little balls you have to collect before you end up with the with you know a skill point. And, uh, again, even just, like, the skill tree is done in this just absolutely beautiful art style that, like, just every time I go into the game, like, no matter which part of the game, whether it's the game proper or the map or the skill tree, it's just everything is so gorgeous. Mm. And the whole thing has this kind of... um just ethereal like water painting almost feel to it. It just, oh man, it all looks so pretty and so nice. And Ori uh, themselves, I guess, cause it's a it's a genderless spirit guardian, <laughs> um, but Ori, it's like they even got the detail of like how, and obviously I guess she's the main character, he's the main character, it's the main character, but um, it's it's got this like, it's supposed to be a spirit guardian of light and it has this sort of uh, characteristic to it where it's super bright white and also has like a glow effect around the edges. So sometimes she's just so bright that it's even kind of hard to look at, which works so well with the environment and the story that they're trying to tell. It's just the attention to detail in this game is insane. Like it's just, it's not like a next level of indie game design. <laughs> Which I guess is not indie anymore. They're owned by Microsoft now. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, and you know the sequel coming out I think next year is is awesome because this game totally deserves a sequel. And I remember just I'm I'm not very far now, but I remember when I was playing it before. Just the way you would like chain combos and kind of try to traverse through the world. It kind of reminded me a bit of like Super Meat Boy in a sense. Cause if you mm. if you hit some certain walls, you would lose health quick and then possibly die. So it yeah. brings back that whole checkpointing system where like if you're if you're coming up on a, like a really tough platforming section, you're gonna want to checkpoint before you go so you can have as many tries as you can without having to do a bunch of the world all over again. Yeah. But yeah, it just looks amazing. This game, if any, if anything, I mean, it being on PC and Xbox, I I, I think that's it's a good. You know, swath of platforms that you can check this out on. But I think it's. It's just. It, it's so beautiful. You have to check it out. Because I don't think there's anything quite like it, this art. I don't know how they do it, but I don't think I've seen anything like this in another game.
0: Yeah, and I find that, like, even just the color palette, it's super. I was just say super bright, but even bright doesn't seem to be the, the right word. And so, I mean, there's the art style, but then there's also, like, the soundtrack and the music, and they do such a good job. It almost, like, reminds me of like being zelda-esque like there were some parts when i was going through and i was like oh i think these guys actually played a lot of zelda because you can hear the influence in it for sure (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so obviously that appeals
1: (laughs) yeah i think i even found like a a zelda easter egg once i found a little triforce in the background i was like what's that oh Oh yeah it's the triforce (laughs) it's honestly it's such a great game and it's how much was it you said it was under 10 bucks on steam
0: yeah, um I think it's on sale for 50% off and it's the definitive edition or, or maybe it was more than 50% off. But yeah, anyways, it's it's negligible the cost of this game considering like how absolutely it's just like again, it's it's like I don't want to call it a perfect game because there's no such thing as a perfect game, but it's very difficult to find faults in this. So, <laughs> I think for for yeah, t- 10-ish dollars and that's Canadian dollars. Um Definitely worth it. You guys should all go pick it up and give it a try. It's so much fun.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: The one thing is I'm playing it on. I am I am playing it on PC and I'm playing with mouse and keyboard. I might try it with the controller because. It seems like the controller might be a maybe not like a better experience, but. And it's not that mouse and keyboard has necessarily been bad. It I just feel like controller might be better
1: Oh, yeah. But I don't know. I
0: want to give it a try anyways. <laughs> I'm
1: playing this on controller. I could not imagine playing this game on PC. Like, I, yeah, no, that's, I mean, once you get late later on, it's, it, you need, you need that, those tight, quick controls and I, it's definitely designed for controller, but yeah, I mean, playing it on, uh, playing it on a mouse and key. So it's just keyboards. So you're using WASD to move and kind of jump around and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and then space is your jump, and then uh, E is your save point, and then you use the mouse to do your attack and stuff. And and the other thing is too that I mean we mentioned the the skill tree, but there's also like as you you can find these like spirit trees throughout the world on the and I, I guess they're they're on the maps too once you get the map stones, but um, they teach you different sets of skills so like the first skill that you learn is the wall jump and it's like it's so funny because I, I as I was moving through the world I was like man it seems really weird that I can't wall jump because this section seems like I should be able to get to it if I could only wall jump and then sure enough the the next kind of section of the map I got to I learned the wall jump and then I could continue on and I was like I knew it! <laughs> so it's it's really interesting game design from, from that perspective, where it's like you can kind of see where you think that there might be secrets, but you just don't quite have the the um, have the, the skill set for it yet. And because another thing was there were big sections of the first part of the map that I couldn't explore because as soon as I jumped in the water, the water was like poison. And so as soon as I jumped in the water, I started to die. And I was like, okay, well... I guess I just I don't have the skill yet maybe or I don't have enough hit points to get to where I need to go I don't know but they do have what's called spirit wells that allow you to teleport to a certain portion of the map so I haven't had to use that yet but I'm sure that that's how you're going to be able to like go back once you have some more skills unlocked from the spirit trees so mm-hmm. there's different uh, there's multiple different layers of progression in the game and I'm I'm surprised that it's like checking all the boxes of like difficulty level and platforming puzzles and art style and music as well as like some of the more complicated things where like you have to find these hidden tablets to open doors and and activate maps and all this kind of stuff like it's such a thorough game and again the attention to detail is so and it's such a good story too the story is just, it's heartwarming and heart-wrenching at the same time. And uh, yeah, so I, oh man, it's so good. Everyone should go pick it up.
1: Yeah, definitely worth the price of admission, especially while it's on sale for sure.
0: 100%. So uh, the the other thing that I was playing this week, it just released, is Harry Potter Wizards Unite. So this is the game put out by Niantic, which, who are the makers of Pokemon Go. Harry Potter Wizards Unite is a different game than Pokemon Go, but also very much the same. So Ryan, did you get a chance to to get in and play this at all?
1: I didn't. You know, I downloaded it and I just I didn't boot it up. I'm not, you know, I'm not as big a Harry Potter fan now as I was back in the day when I read the books and watched the movies. I think it faded for me for some reason, but I yeah. I am curious to hear about this cuz I always love a good free to play get out and walk and catch some stuff, <laughs> you know, type game. Is it is yeah. it any good? <laughs>
0: so well okay so harry potter wizards unite has the exact same problem that pokemon go has in that if you're in a more rural area like me you might be okay where you are ryan i'm Mm -hmm. not sure like how how are you with like pokestops and gyms and stuff
1: i'm pretty sure like at my work there are pokestops for benches along trails so (laughs) i think i'm good
0: nice because that's the problem that i have there's like a couple of gyms that are you know within a, a couple of kilometers of us but we don't live in in any kind of downtown kind of area so we we basically have to make a trip of it and so usually the only time i play pokemon go is is when we're actually like going somewhere when i'm traveling for work or whatever the case is like i i'm don't play it on a daily basis because there isn't really anything around me, and I live on the outskirts of a forty thousand person town, so it's not the biggest, but it's not the smallest either. And I can only imagine, like, if you were actually rural, how how crappy these kind of games would be. But um, but yeah, like, so it has those same issues, and I don't know if I would play both. And I'm mm-hmm. so invested in Pokemon now that I don't know if I want another like augmented reality go collect all the things type game. Although Wizard Unite does have a little bit of like a different spin on stuff. It's almost like um Pokemon Go but upgraded like if it was released now instead of 2016, which you would kind of expect cuz it's the same company, right? So mm-hmm. It uses all the same like uh, Google Maps data. It uses all the same um, like Pokestop and gym locations, but they're called something different. And it is kind of interesting because they, like each different thing, there's, there's like fortresses and greenhouses and something else instead of gyms. And they give you different things and you can interact with what's inside like the fortress with other people, and you work together in a more interesting way than in Pokemon Go because you have professions, so like there's ores who are like the damage dealers and then I can't really, I think there's like an alchemy dude and then maybe a, like a zoologist type character, and so based on your profession you kind of perform a different role. When you go into this group content so it's a little bit more interesting than just like we're all going to go into the gym and then tap our phone real fast to see if we can beat the raid sort of idea but uh, but yeah I still I don't I haven't seen as many people uh, playing as I did with Pokemon and there's no there's no like teams. So, in Pokemon Go, you had, like, the the blue and the yellow and the red teams, right? Mm-hmm. And in Wizards Unite, you have, like, you can, I guess, declare your Hogwarts house, but it doesn't have any impact on the game. Like, we're all on the same team. We're all oh. trying to to uphold the statute of secrecy sort of thing. So So,
1: like uh, like in Pokemon Go, you picked your, you know, your team? You picked your
0: color and you could hold a gym. And no, that's at least as far as I can tell, not a part of the
1: game. (laughs) Oh, well, maybe they'll add that down the road, right? Where it makes a difference, but...
0: Possibly. Um, They do have friends lists, but it's like, it's kind of interesting because... And I say it's interesting, but at the same time, I find it to be super complicated because I feel like they... When Pokemon Go launched, it was very simplistic, right? Mm -hmm. Which a lot of people said, this is too simple and bounced off of it really quickly. But for me, I liked it because then as they added features, it was really easy to understand what was going on. And the same idea with just Pokemon in general, it's like, you have a ball, you catch a Pokemon. In Wizards Unite, it's like, so the first thing that I did was like free Hagrid from spider webs. And you do something really cool where, kind of similar to the Pokeballs, right? Is that, like, with the Pokeball, you can, like, spin it and get, like, a spin shot or, like, a curveball, sorry. And uh, they're different distances away. So you have to, like, change your hand motion depending on how far away or how close the Pokemon is to you. All that kind of stuff. In Wizards Unite, you have to, like, draw a spell. So it's like you're you're drawing a different movement of your wand depending on what you have to do. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of interesting i i do like that and i know that there's like i said there's a whole lot to this game that i just haven't had a chance to unlock or haven't done yet because i don't live like i if i just open the app where i live like nothing happens (laughs) i have to actually go somewhere to do stuff so i'll probably talk about it a little bit more next week once i've had more um experience because for instance like we're going to go see a movie tonight. So the movie theater has a Pokestop and it's right next to a gym and everything else. So I'm sure I'll be able to do the Wizards Unite thing at the movie theater. So I'll be able to hopefully experience some more stuff. But like in Pokemon, it was like, you throw the ball, you catch the Pokemon, it goes in your collection. Easy and straightforward. But it's like, they've taken a lot of the Pokemon stuff and and just given it Harry Potter names. So like what does what (laughs) is really hard to figure out. Because like so I, I broke Hagrid out of the spider webs, and then so now I have Hagrid out of Hagrid's hut. So I guess that there are like locationally based or collections like there's like seven items that you have to return to Hagrid's hut I guess. I don't know it's all like I said it's a little bit more convoluted than just there are Pokemon running around in the world and you have to catch them. And this is one thing that is, I think, kind of interesting about the Harry Potter game is that they've said that they plan to support it for years to come and that it's more story driven than Pokemon Go. So there are chapters that you'll unlock as part of your own personal story. So it sounds like if I choose to do thing A and you do thing B, then we will branch off into different stories in the world and if you do like story b and i do story a there's also going to be like an overarching story that they said everyone's on the same timeline for and it will just like slowly unlock over time and everyone will experience it so you have kind of like a main story and then a personal story Hmm. and everyone's main story is going to be the same but your personal story might be different so i'm intrigued by that concept of by like trying to tell a story and evolve a world inside of a Pokemon Go-esque game.
1: Hmm. It's interesting. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan,
0: right? So like this should be way more up my alley than Pokemon because I watched the Pokemon TV show when I was little, but I have no other, like I didn't play the Pokemon games. The, The only Pokemon game that I had Um, because like my mom bought it in like a set of used Nintendo 64 games was, uh, I think it was Pokemon Stadium. Mm -hmm. The one where you like had to have another Pokemon game to bring your Pokemon into the stadium. So I was just like, I, I like opened up the Pokemon game and I couldn't do anything because it was like you don't have any Pokemon I'm like but how do I get them And it like never tells you because it was meant to work in conjunction with like I, the game boy version or whatever.
1: Come on, you need the transfer pack, Jocelyn.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly and I was like I had nothing to transfer because I didn't have the the mobile handheld system so so yeah that was that was the only Pokemon game I ever played um, before like obviously more recent. Mm -hmm. ones but yeah like my my pokemon fandom came out of watching the tv show that was all so yeah um, but with harry potter i mean i've read the books i've been to harry potter land down in florida i have seen all the movies like i'm yeah all over this stuff so i think that if i can devote the time to it i think harry potter wizards unite could be like my new pokemon go But I've also spent so much time now playing. It's been literally three years of playing Pokemon Go that it's hard to just like walk away from that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no. And that's the thing with free to play games. You kind of have one and nobody has that time. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but like I I know I don't have time to support two free to play games. Sometimes I'll jump in and kind of experience it and and jump back out. And I think I do that with Pokemon Go, but...
0: I guess I could kind of have them open at the same time because, like I said, they, they work off of the same base map. So, like, if I'm close to a fortress in Harry Potter, I know I'm close to a gym in in Pokemon Go. So, I mean, my phone battery like would your probably battery hate, hate melt. Me for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But, uh, but yeah, so. So I don't know. I'll have to see. I'll have to play a little bit more in more populated areas and see if I can make Harry Potter something that I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll I'll come back to it next week and, and let you guys know what uh, what I think of it. So I yeah. uh, just wanted to remind you guys, if you do enjoy the content that we produce, head on over to patreon.com slash thegamersin where you can support the show. We also have a Discord. It's bit.ly slash TGI Discord. If you guys want to come and hang out with the crew. That brings us to our topic of the week this week, where really we're just talking about the Steam sale because... It's summertime, which means the steam sale has started. Mm-hmm. And I've got to say, so they've done events alongside the steam sale in the past where you've... It's it's just, it's been straightforward, I guess is the best okay. way I can, I can put it. Versus this event, which seemed to me just to be weird. And I think the last time they did something similar where it's like... The more you buy the like you pick a team and then the more you buy, the more you can help your team. And then they pick winners every day versus previous events that I think I liked more that were like you would get trading cards and you felt like you were working towards stuff like for you personally. And there are some things you can buy with like event currency, but it's still it's like there's like a racetrack and I'm a corgi. You're, I don't
1: know. What? So <laughs> yeah, a d-
0: like, oh. I'm a corgi, okay. <laughs> or I'm on team corgi. I don't know.
1: <laughs> you, some sort of dog team. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's. In, I haven't checked out the metagame, but I have checked out some of the. I checked out the sale. I, I think there are some big titles uh, that you can pick up. I know Assassin's Creed Odyssey being like what twenty bucks is steel that game. I phenomenal. think it's.
0: I think it's thirty. So it's fifty percent off. Anyways.
1: Oh, yeah, so I know it's i I know it's twenty bucks at Best Buy right now, like Canadian, you can go pick it up, but it's only consoles, but this being you know on PC, you're getting probably a like a more compatible version, I guess, depending on on whether how you know powerful your PC is. but mm-hmm. uh, I'm gotta admit, and you know steam sales are weird where I don't really have a list of games that i really really want and i'm waiting for a sale i i usually either pick them they up
0: literally have a wish list for that like there's a function in steam no no
1: that
0: you want that will then tell you if they're on sale or
1: not i think <laughs> you're mistaken uh i just buy all the games then they come out oh, when i want I see. <laughs> that i want to play I, <laughs> I don't often add games to my wish list that i actually really 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 want like these are just games that i i would like to play if i had the time so i've gotten really much really better at just being like i don't have time to play this so i'll add it to my wish list and maybe i'll get it when it goes on sale but oftentimes there's been multiple sales where i'm just like i don't know guys i just do i really have time to play this one even though it is 50 percent off and i gotta admit and i gotta this is like this is a safe place so i gotta say like I'm kind of looking at Darksiders 3 because I think it's gone low enough to like under 30 bucks where I'm kind of considering it on <laughs> PC. And I don't know. Like You played a little bit of it on Xbox. I don't know if you got much further than when we last talked about it, but I'm totally I'm interested. Well, of I, tempted. Finished, I
0: finished it. You I finished it. I did
1: finish it. it. Oh, yeah. was it, so is it worth picking up at 30 bucks?
0: Um. I would say, yeah, 30 bucks is probably the most I would pay for it. And I, I've also got to say the the copy that I got was the, like, press copy, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, I got a key um, to do review coverage. And so i was playing it literally like the first week that it was available so they might have patched out some of the problems that i was having and also you have the xbox one x right whereas i have the original version Mm -hmm. and a lot of my problems with it had to do with just straight up performance like it was laggy or it would you know i would obviously hit like the border between two loaded areas and it would go like it would start loading when i was right in the middle of some sort of like time trialed puzzle sort of idea and then so i would hit that wall it would load and then i would fail and i was like well that's not fair
1: (laughs) yeah so this this would be the pc version and um i was looking at Oh yeah,
0: if if you're looking at it on PC then yeah absolutely then it would probably be fine because I'm sure your PC is is more than enough to handle it.
1: Yeah, I was looking at some of the reviews and they have patched it quite significantly to the point where I think they even added like an extra combat mode that is more similar to the original Darksiders where you could like cancel out of moves. I think that was Mm. one of the issues you had where that when you started a combat move you couldn't dodge until the combat animation was finished. Uh, yeah, they've changed that. So you can uh, dodge cancel now if you play like classic mode, um,
0: which is good because there were quite a lot of enemies that hit really, really hard and they were punishing. And I think that was one of the things that I talked about is that mm-hmm. it felt very Dark Soulsy in that, like, you couldn't do some of your bigger moves because you get stuck in that animation and your enemy would just move faster than you and if you didn't dodge you'd die so
1: um
0: but yeah no i i did finish i did finish the game so yeah i think um, we had
1: talked about it i couldn't remember yeah. but uh yeah no it's it's what i'm looking at i already had one person tell me like don't buy that game it's terrible it's the worst and i was like uh i mean like there are worst experiences it, probably yeah
0: I wouldn't say it's terrible in the worst. And I mean, if it's uh, the, if you are a fan of Darksiders and if you want to follow the story, then, you know, like the story is interesting. And there were some portions of the story where I was like, wait, what's going on now? But I mean, like you play as a super cool chick character who is trying to hunt down the seven deadly sins. And I am such a sucker for anything that has to do with like the seven deadly sins and that kind of mythology. So mm-hmm. I yeah, it, it was definitely up my alley It had some problems. You guys can go back and listen to the I think two episodes where I talked about it um, earlier on this year, but uh, yeah, it's, it's okay. And I think $30 is probably the cap of what I would pay for it. Um, It's definitely I I couldn't recommend it in the state that it was in for full price right off the bat. But like Mm -hmm. you say, it's been patched like crazy. So uh, it's probably a much better title now. Yeah. Um, I think... uh, The one? Sorry.
1: No, I was just going to say, I think it's even actually uh, an even better deal if you've picked up some of the other Darksiders games because if you complete the bundle, you can actually get the DLC, uh, some of which hasn't been released quite yet, but you can get the DLC for like an additional 40 cents. Like I had Darksiders 2 remastered and Darksiders 1 remastered and by completing the bundle, it was just an extra forty cents to get the DLC. So I might look at doing that as well, and and ch- and I'll check out the classic mode, um, the classic combat, because I guess you can switch back and forth. And, and I'll talk about it uh, when I get a ch- if I if I pick it up or I get a chance to play it <laughs> one or the yeah. other. But uh, yeah, you were saying.
0: Uh, I was saying the the thing that caught my eye, and if anyone hasn't played it yet, Sid Meier's uh, Civilization VI, the gold edition. So that includes the base game of Civ VI, but then all of the like DLC packs and stuff that they've put out. Not the latest expansion, but it does c- um, contain, I think it was Rise and Fall was mm-hmm. the first expansion. So it doesn't include... The most recent one that was like all the natural disasters and stuff, but the one before it, it includes and it's like a hundred dollars off. So the gold edition is, yeah, the gold editions normally like I think 129 and it's on sale right now for 29. So if you don't have Civ 6, then the gold edition is an absolute steal right now. So that's my big, like, <laughs> yes, go play that game. It's amazing. It's a huge time sink, and I wish I had more time to sink into it. <laughs>
1: well, it's a good way to complete your DLC because if I'm looking at it now, and it's like, I don't have the Poland civilization, Persia, Nubia, and I don't know what that is. Um, <laughs> I don't even want to butcher it. But, like, yeah, for 30 bucks, I can complete it because I don't have Rise and Fall either. Um, but I guess I could. Just yeah. So that
0: was Paul. that was the well, that was the first um, the first expansion, right? Like, yeah, mm-hmm. Rise and Fall was the first expansion. And then um, I'm trying to remember now what the second one oh, was.
1: I played it. What was it called? Now I'm gathering
0: I'm, storm. I- gathering storm is the other one. Mm-hmm. So uh, gathering storm is actually on sale for forty dollars right now. Uh, it's normally, I think, like fifty five or sixty or something. Um, and it's oh man I think Gathering Storm is worth it as well but even if you just get the base version of like or the, I guess not the base version but the like gold edition oh the gold edition so worth it mm-hmm. it's no. 80% off <laughs>
1: that's a that's a good deal and honestly the, the, the Civ DLC like is it's got a, a it, it packs a big punch like you're getting yep. a full civilization I think plus a scenario map so it's totally worth it the price of admission for sure. Absolutely.
0: Uh, so I think that's pretty much going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for listening. Again, you can go over to our Discord and join the conversation at bit.ly slash TGI Discord, or you can email the show at info at gamersinpodcast.com. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com and follow us on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JocPlays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. The video versions of all our episodes are streamed on Thursdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on twitch.tv slash TheGamersIn and are also available after the fact over on Twitch. Switch. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Here we go.